Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me today, as always, is Logan Stump. Jordan, you're looking sharp today, man. Uh, you're looking, you're looking more I've... spry. You look like you got more hair. I wish I could do that. No, that I've off. actually been bumming it today. Work oh. from home, so just been uh, in my pajamas the whole day. Oh. Just came well, upstairs to record this. <laughs> The lighting is wonderful. Like you look. Thank at... you. Wait, you didn't work today, did you? I did. Oh, I thought you didn't work. I worked from home. Yeah. I thought I thought maybe you had Friday, Monday off. I had Friday off. Mm. Would you say it was a good Friday? Uh, technically, yes. <laughs> I'm off this Friday too, which will also be another good Friday. So I'm I'm excited for that. How'd you pull that off? Uh, just for Quest off. Look at you. Uh, Joy has like a, a procedure that she's getting done, so I have to oh, drive her right. there. So I have to drive her there and drive her back. So I am on husband duty that whole day. Sounds like an Uber, a Jordan Uber, an Uber. You know Jordan. what? She probably could have just called an Uber. Uh... <laughs> could you imagine picking somebody up from a procedure if they were all drugged <laughs> out? Like, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that thing. We're here to talk about uh, the the MLS season as it continues to roll on as St. Louis has now lost two straight games. Who would have thunk that? We asked last week, what would happen first? Seattle continuing to dominate at home or St. Louis's great away streak? Well, St. Louis's away streak broke first. Cincinnati still dominating in the top of the East by dominating, you know, point, but they're rolling. They are rolling. They have no losses and they are one of two undefeated teams left in MLS. The other one being LAFC. Of course we have um, LAFC who continues to cruise as we're talking about them. Galaxy. Lose to the Dynamo as Dynamo continue their streak at home. And they don't just lose to Dynamo. They they get, you know, 3-0 loss to Houston. So uh, not great in the side of L.A. But lots to talk about here. Lots to get into with uh, the MLS. He's also had some CONCACAF Champions League. That we'll discuss as well. Um, yeah. Uh, anything, Logan, that has kind of stood out to you before we dive into the standings and such? Um, I mean, I think uh, just kind of how legit Cincinnati are, um, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But just like the broad topics, I think Cincinnati being a contender for Supporter Shield and MLS Cup, I think they're a legit contender. Uh, especially coming out of the East that looks a little bit shaky uh, to say the least. Uh, I don't think there's many contenders right now in the Eastern conference, Jordan, uh, which will, that'll be a lot of fun to kind of talk about. I mean, all these teams look pretty poor uh, and it doesn't help that the union are playing in CONCACAF champions league and actually performing, but for to their standard of performing, but uh, and then I think the other thing that kind of sticks out to me, obviously is just the LA galaxy, uh, how uh, abysmal they've just been since this has just kind of, come unravel for them and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it because they had some disciplinary issues they've got two red cards in their match uh, that they're going to head into El Trafico with but I think just that there's a lot of surprises in this league 
uh, this year. And it, uh, I think our predictions are going to go up in flames if they already haven't, uh, because they just, uh, I don't think they're accurate at all in any way, shape or form. So no, it's, uh, I think the only standard, the gold standard is the gold in LAFC. So lots to, lots to cover. Yeah, so let, let's just talk about the standings first, and then we can kind of jump into games after the fact. But just as a refresher for everyone, how the Eastern Conference currently shakes out is Cincinnati in first place with 17 points, um, New England in second with 16 points, Atlanta in third with 14, and Columbus in fourth with 13. I'd say that's probably your your the class of the league so far. Um Below them, you have Nashville with 11 points. And by the league, I mean Eastern Conference. Chicago uh, with nine points. NYCFC in seventh with nine points. Orlando with eight points. Toronto in ninth with eight points. For the first time in the season, Philadelphia drops spots there in 10th with seven points. Red Bulls in 11th with seven points. Miami, who started off the season pretty well with six points, are now at the point of... uh, uh, still only having six points there in 12th place. DC in 13th with five points. Um, Charlotte in 14th with five points. And Montreal in 15th with three points. And of course, they've given up 16 goals. So I guess let's focus on the East, right? Let's do that. Let's kind of break it up this way. We'll, I just read you the table for the East. We'll talk about the Eastern Conference teams. If they happen to play a Western Conference team, We'll save them for last as we transition to the West. So, uh, you know, I guess let's jump into Cincy, Philadelphia. You know, this is one that the Philly fans were thinking, you know, since he's their little brother, right, that they had Pat Noonan, they had Chris Albright, they left to go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been on a really good streak this season, Philly has been playing pretty abysmal, uh, even at home. Now, this was in Cincinnati. So maybe an improvement from last year, where I think this is where they lost 3-1 or 3 nothing, Philly. So uh, to only lose 1-0, and it was a penalty kick that Luciano Acosta took. Uh, kind of a weird situation, too, where the goal went in, and then they called it back to give the penalty. And the reasoning for that is the league came out and said was because apparently the ref had pointed to the penalty spot before the rebound when the player hit the ball into the back of the net. So since he would have felt really robbed if Andre Blake comes up with a big save here, I think, uh, because I am, if I'm a ref, which I'm not, but if I was, I like to think I'm, I'm one of those that is going to let play go a bit as I wait to see the outcome, you can call the penalty once the ball's out of play too, you know? Uh, so that's kind of how I would like to handle the situation, but I'm, you know, the league kind of saved itself. The refs kind of saved themselves here from Acosta converting the penalty around. So this would have been really a really, uh, you know, on Twitter, like Cincinnati got screwed. I I think. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, I, I guess I didn't really know the rule um, until I saw uh, just a replay of it. Yeah, uh, you know, it makes sense. He called the penalty, yeah. so you're thinking 
if a player on the pitch stopped because he heard the whistle, that maybe the goal doesn't go in. But what I would like to see from refs is just wait. Just wait a bit longer before you call the penalty. Play on and then call. You know, like you don't have to blow it right away is is my concern uh, with, with the refs. This was by Ted Uncle, by the way, who was the ref of this match. Um, yeah, I mean, Union sat out there. They put Quinn Sullivan and Donovan up top. They were really rotating their odd because one nil lead in the CONCACAF Champions League as they get ready to head to Atlas. So, you know, that takes precedence, but it's just kind of, you know, uh, I guess if they don't get the job done in Mexico now with a lead, it can be a problem of how fast can they turn it on in the league, right? You can't just turn it on. I feel like, you know, it's when you've been playing bad, it's going to be tough to just shake it off and be like, well, CONCACAF Champions League is done, so now we can turn it on. It's really hard to do that. Now, they're only one point out of a playoff spot. So I think you definitely prioritize the CONCACAF Champions League. But as a Union fan, it's frustrating because it seems like we haven't seen this team really uh, turn it on at all this season. Even the game against Atlas, they didn't look great. They did have a lot of the chances. It took a penalty for them to be able to convert it. So I'm thinking they're going to go down to Atlas and lose, and then they're going to have to try to turn it on. We're in April, right? We take the break for Leagues Cup in July. So they're going to be able to, they're going to have like this small window of a couple games before we have to turn, you know, before we have to take a break for Leagues Cup for a month and then come back and get. So it's going to be kind of a hard start and stop for some of these teams. And uh, for the union, when you want to get some consistency and want to get something going, League's Cup might come at either a good time or a really bad time. If you continue playing bad, League's Cup is going to come at a at a good time. But if you're Cincy riding high or you're Seattle riding high and you're still riding high going to League's Cup, that might you know, take some of the air out of your sails. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard to, to compete in uh, a competition where you're trying to be the best on this continent. So it's it's really just difficult, I think, for uh, this team to just kind of figure that out and, and how to rotate players, how to get people rest, how to also be competitive in the league. They got a lot of good young players, but again, we've seen it time and time again. Young players, while can be good in this league, I think if you use – you know, one at least, uh, and maybe as a reserve role, but it, to, to have to be able to use a bunch of them at the same time. And then I, I think Leon Flock is not playing as well as he had been. Um, I think a lot of union players just haven't performed uh, to the kind of standard that we're used to them and seeing them perform. I mean, Ura has not been the same um, that he kind of had last year. God's dog is, of course, I think going to stay, take a step back off of what he did last year, just because I think it was kind of like a Hani Mukhtar situation or uh, it, kind of like what you saw with Sebastian Jerusi too, is just that. You sure about players. that? You said, of course, you, you <laughs> hey, chose of course him he, as the MVP. Of course. 
Yeah, but of course he was going to be the MVP. Um, uh, so, I, I mean, I, I think you saw some of it coming, but uh, especially because I think if you're a Union fan, you, you see an aging Ali Bedoya. Um, you assume that Andre Blake's just going to be healthy for the rest of the season, and, and they better hope he is just because I think uh, Joe Bendick, while serviceable, can't really kind of lock down that position as a, a top goalkeeper. So uh, I think there's a lot of concern as far as the unions you know, in the league just because of all the breaks that are coming up. It's a rocky bit. But, I mean, look at Seattle last year. Finished 11th in the Western Conference, but was the best team on this side uh, of, the, of the world. So, again, I think it was interesting just because – or it's interesting just to look at it because it's, uh, it's such a unique situation that uh, we oftentimes find ourselves in. But uh, another thing that's really strange to me, though, Jordan, is like the European teams really put emphasis on the Champions League as well. But I think because their rosters are a little deeper, the ones that are so competitive in those leagues, I think it's a little bit easier for them to kind of shore that up. Um, and play like a second team, kind of like City or Chelsea or Liverpool have. Bayern Munich and them kind of have a, a you know fifteen roster or fifteen deep roster that can just play as good as quality as the first team. So I mean, it's interesting, but uh, I would say that the scale for the Union uh, on, I guess, just the, the scale of worry and scale of panic, I would say it's pretty high. If they go down to Atlas and lose, now they've got so much ground to make up in this uh, playoff situation. Uh, I think they can do it in the East because it sucks, but um, yeah, that, those are kind of my thoughts on on how the yeah. I saw should... somebody I saw somebody post, you know, if they go to Atlas and lose, can't win the next two games. That's kind of panic time, right? Because at that point, you're not going to have the yep the um you're not going to have the fixture congestion after you're done CCL. So it's like okay why aren't we able to turn it on now? You know, why aren't we able to get it going? And that's going to be probably a very, you know, frustrating thing. Now on Cincinnati side, they're, they're rolling, you know, they're, they're at uh, no losses. They play very well at home, all wins. They have one win and two draws away from home. So, you know, they're deservedly at the top of the table right now. And this is, you know, they kind of have a window here because uh, we we expect maybe Brenner or somebody might be leaving either in the the summer or after the season. So they kind of have this window here of, all right, let's try to get some some wins and try to get some uh, maybe a trophy or something. Yeah, they they, they found ways to just, yeah. And they found ways to grind out wins. They haven't looked... Like, they haven't looked like world beaters, but I think they could, especially if Vasquez and Brenner do get started. They haven't even played well this season. So it's, it's a well, matter of – Well, we talk like, about they... how tough the West is, right? But, like, they're actually top of the East, and they're top of the supporter shield with by one point. You know, Seattle right. Is, is right there with 16 points. Um, now, LAFC has a game in hand, so they can tie Cincy on the supporter shield. But – who would have thought if we're looking seven weeks in here that Cincinnati is top of the supporter shield standings? Yeah, I mean, you just look at their team. They've shored up uh, some of their defensive issues that they've had in the past, uh, just kind of having that uh, solidified back line that they have. They play a lot better in the midfield, too. And Lucho Acosta is just a game changer. He went down. I didn't know this. He went down. Um, and you kind of saw it in the, in the game. Uh, and he scores a penalty um, that takes it over the Union 1-0. 
but he he actually fell down. He was actually seen leaving in a, a sling. Uh, had some shoulder issues that Cincinnati announced after the match. So it sounds like he's going to miss a week or two here coming up. Uh, and I mean, you kind of look at a talisman in the, in this league, and you you think of players that uh, a team would struggle without, and you think of teams like the Revs, you think of teams like Nashville, uh, you think of a team like Toronto with Bernadeschi. I think they're they're kind of in the same boat right now. I think if Lucho Acosta has to miss, but I think they're a little bit more satisfied to kind of lean on Moreno and really kind of figure out how to play without Lucho because they've won without Lucho uh, in this season uh, as he's kind of dealt with injury some. But again, I, th- I think with, with Lucho Acosta playing at MVP level, it takes this team to a whole different kind of uh, position that they're not used to quite being in. But again, I uh, it's it, do you think, Pat Noonan, early uh, coach of the year candidate, obviously. I think a favorite, maybe. I, w- I would say, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Pat Noonan is an option for early candidate. Um, would you? Could you throw Schmetzer in there? Year. I think like, so here's your three, and this is going to sound dumb. All right. Your three are uh, Pat Noonan, Schmetzer, and uh and and bradley carnell of st louis those are your top three um and then depending what lafc does and and of course carnell is going to depend on if st louis continue right they've now lost two in a row stock could start falling if he you know if they continue to lose games but if they continue i would say if st louis finishes in like the top four of the West, it's conceivable that Carnell wins it. First year team coming in here, boom. It really depends on how we how we want to rank coaches, right? Like, Curtin won it last year. When really, I feel like uh, you know Tarundolo really first year coach with LAFC. Maybe he got dinged a bit because he was coaching. At, seems to be like all stars that they didn't want to vote for you know like right. it's kind of tough on how 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 we're going to rank them because you feel you would almost think that manager of the year should be whatever team wins the supporter shield um that's not how it always works right but um like i think curtain won it when arena won the supporter shield right yeah and uh, because i think it curtains just... two years in a row yeah because I think what happens is they, they like the NCAA would like all of them would NBA. They take into consideration like where they came from and now where they are. And mm-hmm. I think you kind of look at Cincinnati, you look at this quick charge forward underneath uh, Noonan and Albright. And I think that's a, a massive thing for them. Their front office seems to have really taken what the union have done in Philadelphia and kind of duplicated that replicated that and even might've made a better uh, you know version of it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I, think- I, I hope. I was just going to say, if it, if it finishes like this, like if let's say the table finishes as it is today, I would say it definitely goes to Noonan because, like you said, kind of the history of where they've been. And you also look at Seattle and L.A. as the other two teams that probably have front runners. And they both are stacked, right? So I, 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 like, I feel like you could, if you're a voter, you could conceivably say, like, well... 
I almost like the Ted Lasso thing when when they ask if he's coach of the year and they're like, "What for writing Zava in the starting?" <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like there there yeah. is a part of that with Seattle and with LAFC that since he doesn't have, um, since he has kind of taken on a, a a union trajectory of getting better, yeah, 100%, kind of like each yep. each time. So if they do finish very high in the East and they finish first, you're like, okay, this is one of those building blocks of we're getting further each time um so that's you know that's something to look out for is I, I think they might reward that more than oh seattle's back after last year and even last year you're like well they won ccl right so they still had a successful season after missing a playoffs all right i guess let's talk um s- some other teams here so new england is conceivably in that situation they had a bad year last year they're back up they beat montreal 4-0 seems like everybody can do that but the union but montreal has only scored three goals and they've given up um what did i say like 16 i mean really logan they're on pace i talked about this last week with you but i really feel like they're on pace to blow dc's record out of the water (laughs) Yeah, no, and they, I mean, watching their match play out, uh, I mean, Montreal looked abysmal. Um, I I thought Montreal played really poorly defensively. And I think with Montreal too, it's like, it's almost like they now have lost interest and they really don't seem to be playing well under Aaron Losada. I think that that uh, seat's going to get real warm real quick uh, in Montreal because they were quick to firing from D.C. I can't imagine what uh, it'll look like, especially with just how... I don't know. I, I will say it's a little is... unfair to Lasada. I mean, a little bit, yeah. They they lose Nancy, right? Who goes over to Columbus, going well there. They lose Mahalovic. They lose Torres, and they didn't bring in anyone. And it's that's like, yeah. who do they have? Kyoto, like that's it, right? Like that's tough. And they're I, I can't put it all on. Losada, I have to look at the general management and ownership and be like, okay, you rebranded again, huzzah. Where is now the money to put into the team so you can actually turn this around? You sold Mahalovic. You you sold some of these players that were doing so well. You you so much so that Nancy was like, you know what? I gotta leave this place to go to Columbus because it's probably better there. And they've backed him. Columbus does have good ownership. They back their managers. They let them spend money. We saw it even under Porter. And then it's just like completely devastated Montreal. They are just floundering away. I will put also some of this on the schedule, by the way, because Montreal has still only played one game at home. I don't know what the hell that's about. They played five games on the road. They've lost all five of those. And that's really where they're struggling. At home, they beat the Union, right? Which may not be a big feat, but we can't even judge it properly because we've only seen one home game from them. Yeah, they haven't scored away from home. They scored those three goals that they have this season against the Union at home in a match that I thought the Union just played pretty poorly. So it was 
it, it's interesting. Too, that's yeah, that's true. That that helps. Uh, but I, I think with Montreal, you're you're right, Jordan. I think they they lose some key pieces, and I think they've not really been able to kind of put those together. I think you you see it with Columbus too, right? You see with uh, how good they are, how good at Wilfred Nancy is at his job to be able to get young players to play at the top levels that they are. He's got Christian Ramirez playing well. Chucho, of course, is going to be top-notch over in Columbus. Matan's uh, playing well for them, uh, and he's kind of been a, a slow burn uh, over the last couple of years. So it it is. It, it's a huge loss, I think, in that sense, where I think even uh, even some of these glaring mistakes and issues that that I think Montreal have, I, I think, are kind of uh, displacement. You've got Wilfred Nancy there. And I think maybe last year that was a thing. Maybe Montreal, you know, they, they scattered all the way up to the, what was the second in the Eastern Conference, and they – they played well under Wilfred Nance, but I think he he kind of made this team into something that maybe they they weren't quite. But they he had him playing so confidently and so well because I think Wilfred Nance is one of the best coaches in this league. So I think you know a testament to to Nance. Uh, but I also you know you kind of look at Aaron Losada who had kind of a decent start, like not horrible with DC United, who were awful that year, um, and he's let go quickly. And it, it just it, it seems like if a situation is going to sour quickly, it's going to be with him because of how quickly it's soured in D.C. Because I don't I, I just I feel like he's a hot hit or he's just got issues with a, being able to kind of work with people. So the minute this is going south and it's quickly gone south, 16 goals given up in just six matches. They've not played as many games as other people. Um, they still have a game to go <laughs> in hand. So, yeah, no, this is brutal to watch. Um, they've just been very poor. And on the New England side of it, of course, Gustavo Bo has two goals. Carlos Heel has two goals on the season, three assists. So he's kind of getting back into gear. Bobby Wood has two goals uh, since he moved over there. So things are kind of clicking for New England. Bobby Wood scoring again this match. Carlos Heel uh, scored this match as well out of the uh, four goals, two of them, um, one each, go to Carlos Heel and to Bobby Wood. So, uh, New England kind of back on track here. Logan, are you buying them? Supporting season, I am. Are you buying? I am. Are you? Okay. I I, th- I think they've. Uh, I think they worked out their. Uh, you know th- the issues from last year. They kind of do. You know this. It's kind of common MLS where you kind of have this team just like have a good season and then just completely fall apart the next season and then oh next season we're right back in it again like it's kind of odd that way. So they've gotten results uh, against Charlotte, the Houston Dynamo, Nashville, DC United, NYCFC, and Montreal. The only reason I ask that is just because those are negative teams that they've beaten. Um, Two Nashville of those teams arguably, are in playoff spots. Yeah, but they beat Nashville at home. Uh, who's else, who else? Uh, NYCFC, I'm assuming, is yeah. in the playoff spot. Yeah. Um, who, you know, they've looked decent. I think that's a good result, but I, I'm not... I don't put too much stock in the fact that they're going to. I don't think they're going to finish top four in the East. I think those are kind no, of no. They may not do that. I, teams, I just but. think that they're they'll probably. I don't expect them to finish eighth or ninth. Like I, I think yeah. they would have made the playoffs in a system like last year. Even this year is is kind of depends on how much they. The, look, here's yeah. the thing: you're you're reading off those names, and it's like okay, they should beat those teams. So good job, and now we're really going to see the test when we get to see them go up against teams like Cincy or uh, Atlanta, right? And they've Columbus. got the crew next. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be a big one. 
Yeah. Got the crew next. Uh, then they do uh, play Cincinnati after they go to or after they host Sporting Kansas City, but that's two home games in a row. I, I mean, I, I buy any fact that like Carlos Heel is one of the best players in this league. So if, if he starts to have that MVP kind of caliber season, then yeah, I think that this team sticks around in the top four. But I'm looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference, and I think there's still some teams that we're, we're still kind of having questions about. Nashville, obviously, is a big question mark. Is it, Can they defend well enough? Because they're surely not going to score. I think we've pretty much come to that conclusion. Uh, that's kind of been their existence, is they've just not been able to score unless Tony Mukhtar is doing it. So I think that's it. I, I think if the Union can figure it out, is Orlando City going to figure it out and kind of make that charge towards the top four? The fire look good. I know that's shocking to say, um, especially after how much you torched them in the beginning of the season. The Red Bull haven't quite figured it I, out, but I, I think they do too. Preseason, all right. It was preseason. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's what it was. Them, yeah, right? right. But Jordan has. I, I think Jordan has all their kits now. Oh, what was that? That was real quick. Um, Jordan has all their kits now. Uh, he, he's gone and bought all of his Chicago Fire gear. He is. It's your Chicago Fire, Jordan. That, yes, that, I have that, a Chicago Fire kit on right at this moment, and. Yeah. Over top of it is a Chicago Cubs uh, uh, jersey, all right? Right. Rocking, exactly. I'm rocking that with my Bears hat. Yes, you just can't see so it because cool of the green Chicago. Street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's go Justin Fields. Um, let's, uh, let's talk uh, – let's not talk Chicago right now. Let's talk Atlanta. They're sitting third. They played NYCFC. Um, Atlanta gets a red card 62 minutes in, and they still take the lead in eight minutes with Yakamakis scoring again. And then uh, Pereira equalized for NYCFC in the 72nd minute. So all the action kind of happening in 10 minutes uh, from the 62nd to the 72nd minute, and then that was it. But, uh, yeah, NYCFC have kind of rebounded a bit from where they were and what we thought they would be. Um. But Atlanta is really the team that kind of surprised us. And now Yakamakis is starting to score. You know, they sit 14 points. They've played seven games. They're averaging two points per game. They're the last team in the East that are averaging at least two points per game. The other two, of course, New England and Cincinnati, averaging more than that. Um, and there's only three teams in the West that are averaging that. So there's only six teams right now that are averaging two points per game or more. Um, and the last, the lowest one of those is Atlanta. It seems like they're kind of getting everything rocking. Uh, you know, they did not score. They did not shoot as much as NYCFC. They did not have more shots on goal than NYCFC. They did not have more possession than NYCFC. But they go on the road. They get a point, a man down. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I think a lot of people, too. Uh, on a baseball their- field. That's true. Um, they didn't hit any home runs, uh, which is kind of a miracle, but um, because everybody does in that park. Uh, I would say that uh, the yeah, Yankees people... were hitting them against the Orioles. It's fine. Well, that's not hard to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you and I might have a chance. Um, but I would say that with the with the uh, with the five stripes, Jordan, I think the biggest thing for me is that they'll, people look at their defense and go, oh, well, they've allowed 10 goals. Well, those six goals were allowed against the crew and they were just it was one of those matches where they they gave up six goals 
uh, just because it and was like their... once you get past three or four, it's like all right, well, and they have most of their players missing, and yeah, uh, <laughs> so it's like it's a matter of those six goals you take that out. This team's a really good team, and if they continue to have uh, this kind of season, this kind of performance from Yakamakis, from obviously Tiago Almada, um, I think that this team is looking at a top four spot in the Eastern Conference if Tiago stays around and, and actually sticks. Uh, in the MLS for uh, the time being. I don't think that that's likely uh, just because of how well he's played. Jordan, did you see the clip by chance of uh, the goal that they scored? Yakamaki's goals, it's a header. And Tiago Almada gets a ball from a corner. He's either got it from a corner or he's, he's short corner for some reason. Um, he's almost near the end line and he's, he's kind of dribbling towards uh, the box and nobody, I mean, nobody's watching it. Like, they're just kind of like, Oh no, he's coming towards us. <laughs> it's like, he puts the ball perfectly on Yakamaki's head. Who's a big striker. Um, he puts it right on top of his head. And then it was hilarious because the clip shows the defenders going like, or the keeper going, what are you doing? Why are you not stopping uh, the, the best player in this league, arguably this year, like you're, you're just going to let him do what he wants. And it was literally just Almada just outside the box going, all right, who can I find to score? Um, so not great defending by NYCFC, yeah. but I, I think that this Atlanta team, uh, they look like shit. Especially when you uh, think that excited. at that point, NYC players than Atlanta. So the fact yeah. that you're letting Almada <laughs> yeah. just go, like, right. well, I mean, we can double them up, right? Like we have more players. Right. We have one more player than them. Right. Yeah. Uh, not a good look. Um, but yeah, so Atlanta sits third, NYCFC sits seventh. That's kind of uh, where we're currently at with those two teams. Um, Miami faced Dallas, so we'll talk about them later when we transition to the West. DC lose another home game. Uh, they lose to Columbus. Columbus, didn't they just play DC in Columbus? Did they? I don't think so. That would have been I that early, would just it? Have, I feel like this just happened. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just wrong. No, I don't think they played. No, that doesn't sound right. I don't think MLS ever does that where you're playing. No, they, okay, so DC there. played Chicago last. And before that, they played New England. Okay. They played Orlando at DC. I do know that. And then they played NYCFC. Okay, so this might be the first matchup between them. It is. Okay, I am just wrong. Okay. I think I'm looking at every single week here. Yeah. Oh, no. DC and Columbus played uh, March 4th. Did they really? So it's a month ago. It's a month ago. It was week two of the season. But uh, oh, so you're not crazy. I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I just I, I somehow thought that a month ago was last week, but that's not good. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, so like DC uh, lost to the crew then too, I, I believe. So um, not not off to a good start. DC, um, they were pretty even match, like possession and uh, like. Uh, shots and, and all that stuff. Uh, shots were 14 to 13 in favor of DC. Shots on goal were five to five, but possession favored the crew and the crew win it with a penalty kick 
In the 39th minute, Zellerion converts, and then Ramirez converting in the 47th minute. So really, right before halftime and right after halftime. Does enough to bury DC. DC has at times looked okay, where they're like, you know, passing the eye test at times, and then they just give up too many goals. They've given up 12. They scored seven. I feel like that's an improvement from last year at this point. But DC sits 13th in the crew, who started off a season with a 4-1 defeat at Philadelphia, are now above Philadelphia in the table, and they sit all the way in fourth. Well, for Nancy, we kind of talked about it a little bit ago, so we don't have to spend too much time on it, just kind of getting this team turned around here pretty quickly. Yeah, and this is all without Cucho, um, who's been out for a couple of weeks with injury. So, I mean, you're looking at this Columbus crew team, Jordan. I was looking at their scoring, and I'm actually really impressed with just how well they spread it across the team. I mean, you're, you're talking about a team that uh, they seem to be scoring at will. 16 goals this season, four coming from Zellerion. You've got three from Aiden Morris and Christian Ramirez. you got one from Matan, one from Quentin, one from Yaboa, one from Russell Rowe, one from Madronda, one from Arfston. So, I mean, this team, it, it doesn't matter who's out there. They just score goals. And I, I think that was something that they needed to do just because I think in the offseason that was a big uh, emphasis, and especially going getting a guy like Christian Ramirez to kind of maybe play, play a double striker. That'd be kind of fun have like a – I mean, think about this. You, you look at the two Ohio teams, and you would think, you know – out of the two that the that Cincinnati would be scoring the most they've only got nine goals the Columbus crew Jordan have 17 goals they did get six against Atlanta like I'd said but 17 goals and that's without one of the top strikers in this league that we saw in a very small sample size last season who I mean pretty much just kind of kept that team hanging in there uh, last season so uh, I, I'm really excited to kind of see how Cucho comes back and how Wilfred Nance, uh who, who can kind of implement him into the match because he played three matches, didn't score a goal. Could you imagine adding Cucho to this? I, and I, I think that it, it's it's a team that I think definitely is going to make some noise, Jordan. This might be one of the top two two or three teams in the Eastern Conference when it's all said and done because I think we had questions about their defense, which they haven't quite shored up as well as they need to because I think those goals will kind of catch up. But I know – we were a little higher on them than I think some other people might have been, uh, but I thought uh, you know it, they they where we put them was respectable just because of how good Will Nance is. But man, is this uh this is an exciting team to watch? And finally, we're we're rid of Caleb Porter uh, football, so that that's uh, made this team a lot more fun to watch. Two MLS Cup time winner though, Caleb Porter. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we'll see how it works out for, for Columbus. All right, let's transition to the Eastern teams that played the West, and then we'll talk the West. Miami, uh, well, actually, hold on real quick before we do that. Nashville and Toronto drew nil-nil. Sounds about right. Nashville has trouble scoring, but they don't give up any goals. Toronto kind of have trouble scoring as well. Similar. <laughs> yeah. Same thing, except they can't. All right, that. moving on. We had Red Bulls play san jose we had miami play dallas and we had rsl face charlotte and i think that oh and chicago facing minnesota so let's start with minnesota dallas dallas won that one off of jesus Farragol in the 27th minute miami had 68 and a half percent possession they had 12 shots but dallas had 16 and out of those 16 dallas had eight on goal miami 
was kind of like the team everybody thought would take the jump this year. Uh, this was a home game for them. Logan, they said it was six points. They're, they've been struggling. They beat the the Union. I, I felt like that was, what, week two or three? And since then, I think they haven't done anything. Yeah, they've lost five in a row. <clears throat> Yikes. So, yeah, not, not good. No wins um, or draws on the road either. Now, this one wasn't on the road, but... They're o three and zero on on the road. Yeah, I mean it's just a matter of like they're not going to get any scoring. It looks like I mean Stefanelli hasn't really kind of come into the league and, and done much, but that's kind of normal for a guy that's come over. Uh, he's played in seven matches. Uh, he's only have one goal. Joseph Martinez uh, has not uh, broken the goal seal yet in Miami, and that's kind of an issue. Um, he's only got six matches played and six starts. And their biggest piece, uh, I think, and Gregory is out for the season with that knee injury. So, yeah, I, this is uh, it's getting bad, like really bad in, in Miami. And I think the biggest thing with them is that they've just they've been handcuffed. Uh, I think we all forget they've just been handcuffed by these DP, um, you know, regulations and rules and all this kind of stuff. They can't have four DPs on the roster. And that really bums them out. Um, but uh, it, it does seem like Miami, Jordan, that, that this team is – this team is just circling the drain. And once again, we're back here talking about how bad of a club they are. And they've now, I think, Jordan, I think Cincinnati's kind of gotten in the clear. I mean, with all those wooden spoons that Cincinnati was trying to collect in their trophy case, they've completely blown Miami out of the water now. Now Miami's the laughing stock of the league. And I, and I think that they're going to continue to be just that because I think. You think so? Talent, you think they're the laughing oh, yeah. stock? I think so. Yeah, I would say so. Like, I I, I, for a team. Far. For a team that's supposed to perform like they were, like they're going to miss the playoffs at this rate. Like, I mean, there's only no two points they're... behind. Yeah, but they, I mean, look at the rest of the teams that are in front of them. Like, it, it's it's a matter of like who's going to switch spots. I think with like you've got what who are they behind? They're behind the Union, right? They're behind the Red Bull. They're not going to catch them. Maybe Toronto is a team they could possibly catch, but that only puts them in tenth place, eleventh place. Sorry, so. They're definitely, I'll give them that, Jordan. They're definitely better than DC United. They're bef- definitely better than Charlotte and uh, Montreal. But I think with their expectations, I would call them the laughing stock, yes, because of how bad they've just been with how much money they've got. If Messi doesn't come in the summer <laughs> and yeah. they miss the playoffs, Phil Neville leaves, right? Leaves or gets fired. Either or. fired. Could you imagine Beckham firing him though? I can't see it. And what uh, world? I can at some point. I mean, if that's gonna if you it's gonna so? start detrimenting his 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 investment, I feel like you're gonna have to pull the plug. Sorry, Logan. If you if you were up my investment, I'd probably have to cut you loose. Yikes. Man. What but if world. I gave you plenty of time, I gave you time. I gave you five DPs. I mean, what else am I supposed to do? <laughs> Jordan, you didn't give me Leo Messi, and that's what I've been asking for. Since <laughs> well, like, can't help is... that he wants to go back to Barcelona. Right. Well, I mean, you could you could take down Barcelona. Just go after him. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk Chicago, Minnesota. Minnesota was undefeated on the road. Um, I think they were undefeated in the whole league, too, by the way, at that point. Uh, but they were, like, perfect on the road. And they go into Chicago, Soldier Field, not known as a fortress for Cincinnati, uh, for Chicago, I mean, 
Chicago had not even won a game yet this season. So MLS flips the coin. It lands heads. And guess what? Chicago gets their first win of the season at home. Kai Kamara scores a brace. He's now only, by the way, three goals shy of Landon Donovan, who sits second in the MLS um, scoring uh, record, I guess. Um, yeah, 38-year-old Kai Kamara. He's played for 10 teams. He scored for all 10 of them at this point. He is killing it this season. I think that's, what, his third or fourth goal for them since joining. But they beat Minnesota 2-1. to one. Chicago, everything coming up great for them recently. Jordan, you know what happened the last time that we had an MLS record breaker um, as far as goals scored? Um, and I hope Anthony Hudson doesn't leave Kai Kamara off the U.S. Men's National Team uh, roster when we head into the <laughs> <laughs> Not that he, can, he can't play for I think he has okay, to, actually. Yeah, I think he, he yeah. technically has to. <laughs> I don't think Kai Kamara can play for the U.S., so everybody calm down. Um, no, he can't. He's already capped wherever the hell he's from, so uh, I don't know where Kai Kamara's from. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I what a feat, though, Jordan. Did you see the goal, the second one that he scored? It was unbelievable. He cuts in front of the defender and he's kind of like gone airborne. Well, he kind of gone. He has gone airborne and he's about as flat as a board like this and heads one in the misdirection uh, where the keeper's not. And it goes in the back of that. I'm like, that's just oh, such yeah, a yeah. Kai Kamara kind of goal. Like, it's amazing that we have players like this Jordan in the league that so many people don't get to see perform at some of the highest levels. I mean, I, I think with Wando, it would have been really cool to see Wando play his career with somebody that was really good the whole time that he was there, just absolutely mm-hmm. just tearing up the league, but he's never gotten that chance. Landon Donovan, we actually got to see do all of that because he was with the Galaxy. So it, it is, it's amazing that this journeyman, that Kai Kamara, who's pretty much been, I think, on ML, every MLS team at this point, um, has uh, finally uh, just gotten so close to Landon Donovan that he's going to finally break his record, uh, barring any kind of weird injury. So it's pretty cool. Who would have yeah, thought? He plays for Sierra Leone, by the way. Um, but Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and you know what? In 2021, I was shouting this from the rooftops, right? Because he was playing in Finland. And I was like, how is Kai Kamara a free agent? Nobody picks him up. He yeah. goes to Finland. He plays 14 games, scores five goals, comes back over for Montreal, scores nine goals for them. He's now got three and five games for Chicago. My point being, somebody in 2021 should have grabbed him. Oh, yeah. especially I was pushing for the union to grab him, but he didn't. Right. Well, that's what I was thinking about, too. Uh, Like, you know, I think the Heat have been, besides uh, just – blanking on who who the hell I'm trying to talk about. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, Jazzy Zardes. So, like, why go after him, right? I mean, he's sitting out there for the fire to go grab him um, and easily could have been on one of these competitive teams. And I think he fits Austin's system just as well as anybody that would uh, be available to Austin. So I, I just don't understand, like uh, – I don't want to say – Well, it was he, a I, trade. Chicago yeah, did have to trade true, for him. Yeah, um... That's true, but – but yeah, you would think that anybody in MLS could have afforded this gone, this trade. Yeah. Um and it's working out for them. Three goals in five matches. Mm-hmm. That's pretty pretty good. Uh so Chicago up there. Um we were talking about them before the season, before they made that trade. Like they need a goal scorer. They went out and got one. So far it's worked out. We'll see how it continues. 
Red Bulls get a late equalizer at home against San Jose as Espinosa scored in the 80th minute and Barlow scores in the 90th plus 17th minute. Logan, do you want to break down what happened in this match for us? Yeah, so a high boot comes in from Dante Vinzier, who's the Red Bull DP that has not really seen the field much, um, nor has he kind of lived up to that price tag that he's brought over with him. But he high boots. Uh, I want to believe it's Christian Espinosa. I can't remember exactly. I couldn't find the clip quick enough to, to remember the name of the person. I think it was definitely Christian, though. Um, because And there boots- was no red card? This doesn't show a red no, card. Okay. Yeah, no red card. So what happened was it was actually deemed a yellow card, um, which was... I mean, it is. I this thing is as close to a red card, I think, as possible. I, the the boot literally hits him like right in the throat. Like it, it was so high. I'm like, this is. Uh, there were some really weird kind of red cards given out uh, this weekend, and this one I thought deserved more of a red card uh, than any of the other ones. But uh, anyway, what happens is uh, Jeremy Abobasi comes in, and obviously he's defending his guys. Um, And Jeremy's always been like that. He's been very defensive of uh, his teammates. He's a great teammate. Um, People love him. And he comes over and he gets in the face of Van Zier. They get into it. Nealis comes over, tries to break it up. Uh, Then it kind of turns into like one of those. It's not really a brawl at that point, but it's kind of like what you would see in a brawl where like uh, pushing and shoving breaks out. And then all of a sudden there's this little group on the side that gets loose. And then they're pushing and shoving each other. And then it just kind of goes throughout the field. Um, it was chaos. I think it was like a 16 minute delay or something like that. 16, 17 minute delay um, of the game just because of uh, all the things. So what happens, what has to happen is the MLS wrap up crew did a really nice job. Um, and I think it was Krista or I forget the girl's name that, that jumped on, but she did a fantastic job on MLS. Christina wrap up. uncle. Thank you. There you go. Um, and she jumped on and explained the situation in which the refs have to take in this kind of situation. And it was really interesting because I've never really heard this perspective. So what has to happen is the player has to then isolate. So you have to isolate the person that was basically um, said to have said these awful things, a racist, a racist racial slur, sorry, a racial slur was thrown out um, towards Jeremy Abobasi. And I, I guess the, the, QZ was uh, Van Zier. So uh, Van Zier ends up on the other end of this. He calls uh, Abobasi uh, a racial slur. He gets pulled aside because when you are the ones that's the alleged uh, person that did it, uh, you, you are the one that has to be pulled aside. And then they have to ask you, did you say it? And she said, sometimes the players will be straight up like, yeah, I said it because they're in the heat of the moment and they are just uh, frustrated and they want to say something um, because they're kind of in that mode. Um, but then she said a lot of times too, the guys will go, no, I didn't say that. What are you talking about? I never would have said that. And of course, you know, the, the players, uh, obviously it hurt it because everybody was pushing and shoving and it was getting pretty intense. You could read their lips that they were not happy. They did not look happy. The body language didn't say it was, ha- uh, you know, a, a good thing, obviously, but then what happened has to happen. The refs asked the people who accused, and they have to say, yes, this is when it happened. This is what he said. This is why it happened. And then they move over to the coaches. They explain to the coaches, this is what the players said. This is what happened. This is what the person that's accusing of them said. And they go through like this whole situation. They have to explain it to everybody. They go and they listen to the assistant rep uh, up above VAR and stuff. They actually have to talk to them about it, like what was heard, if there's anything that can be picked up in the bar mics. And then, Jordan, after that, 
when the investigation happens after the match or during the match as they begin the investigation because the investigation starts right away is that they will start to pull i didn't know this part this is really fascinating they pull sound bites from people so like social media people boom mics camera mics ball mic like everything like all the mics on the refs all the mics on players that they're wired like they pull all of it to investigate which i i guess i if common sense would say they do that but i didn't know they go to that length to really figure out what's happened and so that's the next process is they're going to go through and listen to all this film and, and decide if a, a racial sword was used to a boba scene it, it does sound like it was um but they made a good point and, and i kind of pitched the question back to you if a racial slur is said um because we deal with this all the time with fans saying it to players you know, but it's really kind of rare in this league so far because it's younger um, and it does happen. You've seen it happen, but like this one was pretty egregious and it, it's kind of stems of this fight. What would you think as far as like the commissioner, if you're coming out and you're trying to completely nip this in the bud, what do you think that the the appropriate suspension would be for somebody that would, that would use this uh, against a player or another, you know, opposing player? Well, I think there's precedence here, by the way. Um, if I can find the answer of the question I'm looking at. Okay. Legit got in trouble for using a homophobic slur. Oh, yeah, that's right. In 2021. I think he also got in trouble for it a few years ago, where that was another player. Two games is what they got. Uh, so it depends. Do you want to say racial slur is worse than homophobic slur? Some people might in, in each community take offense to whatever you deem at that point. It's going to be tough. Precedent says two games. I would think you would probably want more like five uh, and a fine. But um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of thinking just it's going to probably be two games if it actually was said. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that um, because you are you're 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 then giving one uh, a higher level or ranking of uh, offensiveness, uh, and that would yeah, I think that would upset me too um, if I was either part of the, either of those communities. So yeah, no, I, I that's it, it's sad. Like I, I you know the. I think a regular fan or somebody on my perspective would just be like, give them a 10 game ban. And then, and that sets the press, but because they haven't done that in the past, you know, they're, they are, they're kind of saying like one's more important than the other. So that's uh, a really good point. I didn't think of that. All right, let's wrap up and uh, go to RSL Charlotte RSL. <laughs> Turn it on this game, right? They fall behind by Swiderski in the 27th minute, but then in the 56th is Ruiz, and the 59th is Julio, and then the 62th is Savarino, and that gets RSL three goals in the span of six minutes to win a game at home. I wish I would have been able to go to that game uh, traveling to RSL then, but <laughs> that that's what they get to do, so Charlotte still sit 14th in the East, that's all of the Eastern teams that played the West. So now we can just transition fully to the Western Conference. Seattle sit top with 16 points in first. St. Louis, even after two consecutive losses, sit second with 15 points. LAFC 
sit third with 14 points, but they have a game in hand. Dallas sit fourth now with 11 points. Minnesota sit fifth with 11. They have a game in hand. San Jose sit sixth with seven uh, games played, 11 points. Houston sit seventh uh, with nine points. They've played six games, so they have a game in hand. Vancouver sit eighth with nine points. Austin in ninth with seven points. They've only played six games, though. They have a negative four goal differential, Austin. Then in 10th, you have Salt Lake with six points. Colorado with six points in 11th place. Portland in 12th with five points. LA Galaxy in 13th with three points. And SKC in 14th with three points. LAFC just pretty much did exactly what they did in the Western Conference against Austin. They beat them 3-0 in LA. Bowanga scoring all three of those goals in the 40th, the 58th, and the 68th minute. Um, 26 shots to nine for Austin. Um, What's wrong with Austin, Logan? I, I think a lot of people on the Austin side have kind of speculated the new formation that Wolf is using or the new system he's using hasn't. They're kind of upset that they think Josh Wolf doesn't take enough blame when he is doing his press conferences. I don't know how much of that really bothers me if I'm a fan, honestly. Um, but you know, they're already Wolf out again, pretty much. So what are your thoughts here on, you know, Austin finishing what second in the West last year? dropping all the way out of a playoff spot right now, right? Oh, no, the last playoff spot, sorry. And just really, really struggling compared to last year. I mean, part of it's their defense, uh, giving up 10 goals. Um, So that's been kind of a a thing they can't really get over. Um, And with some major injuries to start the season, I think that that was something that obviously was going to be a concern. But Jordan, they've only scored six goals. Uh, that that's really concerning. I think that's where Austin fans like they'll they'll give some to the defense, right? They'll they'll allow the defense to kind of be average because of the new pieces coming in with some of the injuries that they've sustained um, coming into the season um, because it was such a huge loss. I think that you look at this attacking team and they were one of the best last year in the league, if not the best. Uh, you look at Sebastian Jerusi, he only has one goal and one assist. Hasn't really kind of found that form that he was in last year. And I think people suspected that he would kind of come down off that really high season off of last year. But I, I didn't think it would be this drastic. Um, it has been pretty uh, noticeable. And, and uh, I think uh, it, it kind of speaks to maybe Josh Wolf not being able to get the, the most out of his players. And Again, I, I didn't think they looked very good in the Western Conference Finals up against LAFC last season, and this was kind of an embarrassment, I would say, I would say on the Austin side. I mean, LAFC just took it to town, and, and they really look like the, the dominant side on this one, and they look like they're going to be a lot better than Austin is this season. Uh, to get, I, I still go back to the CCL game to Violet. To, to, lose, a, to lose a game to semi-professionals, um, and kudos to them, though. Like, kudos to that team for coming out and competing, but to lose – to a team that, I mean, they're, they're playing guys that uh, hadn't played for like 12 months. I mean, it, it just, it's simply amazing that, that you could do that as a professional soccer club. And I, and I think that's, you know, kind of where it starts and you kind of look at the, some of the head scratchers that they've had. I thought that the, the performance against 
St. Louis to open the season was just kind of a show of how undisciplined this team can be at times. And I think that that's kind of ultimately what's caught up to Austin this season. Yeah, it's a very odd, you know, in the sense, like I, I thought they would kind of fall back a bit, but they've, they've really fell back a bit more than I would have thought. Um, it's just, uh, look, this isn't, this isn't looking pretty good for you. I mean, there's a big turnaround coming. I'm really, I'm interested because <laughs> Bastion Garusi is really going to have for a the good audio season. people. For the audio people, <laughs> I, I shared a screenshot of Logan picking Austin for the supporter shield, but don't look at my supporter shield pick either. Okay, uh, let's move on. Houston demolish LA. LA out there playing like AFC Richmond after watching some surveillance videos, they get two red cards, Caceres in the 63rd, Costa in the 90th plus 7th. Herrera got one in the 90th plus 5th for Houston, but uh, Houston just demolished them 3-0 at home. Not looking good for LA Galaxy this season. Chicharito's back, but the rest of the team sucks. <laughs> it lightly um did you see the red card douglas costa basically looked like he didn't uh andrew weeby said this and it does it looks like he doesn't want to play in el Tráfico. he just takes i think it was hector he just takes him and just like throws him down and then like walks off like i'm done i don't want to play <laughs> like uh, it was the most blatant red card and then Caceres i need a week off <laughs> yeah but caceres red card is so stupid and idiotic he runs to the var assistant as the var assistant's looking in the little video thing, oh yeah and he puts his yeah. hand on him like what did you think was going to happen? Like, that's an automatic red card. You can't do that. Like, you cannot put your head, your hands on an official. Um, you're, you're not supposed to. Like, some officials actually let them, um, which I think is where the rule kind of gets muddy. But uh, you're really not yeah. supposed to touch an official. Um, and it's supposed to be an immediate red. So um, I remember that because of Sergio Aguero. Like, when he touched the lady's <laughs> the line ref's, like, shoulder. And he was, they were like, oh, throw him out. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the rule. Like, you're supposed to be removed from a game if you make contact with an official. At least the officials aren't elbowing our players in this league, so that's kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if he does? Caceres touching him, boom, just absolutely drills him. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at least, yeah. Like you said, at least it's not like that. Could you imagine if that did happen in our league? Because people would not live that down, by the way. They, oh, they would no. not let us live yeah. that down. They'd be like, what a Mickey Mouse league this yes. is for the officials elbowing. Right. Anyway. Happened to one of those SKC uh, decide, SKC face off against the Rapids. They decide, let's have it out to see which one of us is worse. And the Rapids won that contest they are not the worst out of these two teams they win with rubio scoring in the 68th minute this was in kansas city by the way and i think you know i, I saw uh fans for kansas city who were very upset about this and obviously you know this is the second straight year where we feel like they're not living up to potential is it time for Ramis to go i'm, I'm not gonna say yes <laughs> I'm going to say yes. How about that? I'm I not. will say yes. I don't think they will. 
I've watched him for a long time. This is not what I would have expected of the team under Vermees. I think he's lost them. I, I think that they just need a complete rebuild. I think they need to start over from scratch because this team is not the same team that they were even two years ago when they were like near the top of the West. They've just can't score worth a lick. What? They scored two goals all season. They have no wins yet. Out of seven games, they have no wins yet. Same thing with Galaxy. The Galaxy have only played six. No wins. And Logan, those are actually the last two teams, by the way, that have not had a win all season. That's true. Uninspired soccer, Jordan. You know where he could land? U.S. men's national team. (laughs) I would hope not. I, uh, that's where I'm concerned. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what kind of candidates are out there for the U.S. national team, but I think the longer this goes on, I guess because they don't have the director of football or whatever the hell they call them, they can't. Yeah, really that's what they're going to hire first. So we got to right. wait. So, yeah, well, I hope we can wait as long See, as I, I don't think, like, for Peter needs to get done. hired. I don't think he's done in the sense of, like, he can't do it yeah. ever again. But I think it's just at this point with SKC, I think it's done. I think they need to move on. I think he can move on. Like, imagine him maybe, like, jumping on a team like Miami, you know, or, you know, (laughs) turning somebody around. Uh, And it'd be a fresh message for those players compared to the same old message he's been giving. Like, that's the thing about staying somewhere too long. It sometimes, it just stops working. And it seems to me that it's, it's just stopped working. Uh, I think he'll have the full season. They're only four points from a playoff spot. That's how much of a disaster having nine teams get in it. But it, at this point, it's like I I can't see them turning it around. Four points? Four points for this team? Logan would take them another seven games to just get another three points because that's how many they have out of seven. Right, and at that point, everyone else is already way past them. At at that point, another seven games. If this takes them another seven games to get to six points, I mean, you're in you're in real trouble. You'd be at fourteen games played with six points. You would be on record. You would be close to. You would still bottom. You would still be bottom. Now, the good thing is they don't give up as many goals. They've only given up eight compared to, like, Montreal, Charlotte, and D.C. getting up 16, 14, and 12. But it's a problem. It's a real problem for them. Uh, Vancouver continue their winning ways recently. They're in a playoff spot. They beat Portland 1-0, Brian White scoring in the 74th minute. There you go. Portland is having some problems, too. I think it might be almost time for Savarese to head on out. Um Jordan, this could be a year where we see uh, Peter Vermees, Greg Vanny, and Gio Savarese fired in the same year. That would be nuts. Like, so I can I can liars. literally see Vanny keeping his job more than those two. And the reason I, I think so now too, they yeah. now they have a new executive who's supposed to be taking over. I think if he liked Vanny, then. He's like, all right, now I can actually do my job and bring in the players we need to bring in. He's the guy that brought in a lot of LAFC players. But that that's going to depend. Uh, if they if LA go a long other time, it might be time to move on from Vance. Look, I'm just calling for everyone's job this episode. 
yeah. Ari, one of those coaches. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're one of those coaches at the bottom of the table and tell him get out, but it's dismal. SKC should not be this bad. LA Galaxy should not be this bad. LA should never have gotten this bad after look when LAFC came into the league, that should have kicked their ass into gear to make sure they didn't become irrelevant. And instead they decided to become irrelevant because they can't say, you know what? Maybe we should just fire Chris Klein. Maybe we should give the fans what they actually want. No. So now you have attendance, you have stuff, and you suck. So I mean that's that's the frustrating if This would be like if the Yankees decided when the Mets came in town, like, that's fine. Let them take the spotlight. You know? Back it up. Back it up. We're leaving. <laughs> but we're not actually going anywhere. Yeah. We're just going to sign, you know, awful players for the rest of our time. Uh, see this last one done. Seattle beat St. Louis. We referenced it earlier. But guess what? No Jordan Morris goal. Raul Ruiz Diaz scores. Nervinsky scored an own goal for Seattle. And Atencio scoring in the 65th minute, gives Seattle a 3-0 victory all in the second half after I closed my eyes at halftime, and then I woke up hours later like, whoa, I totally fell asleep. (laughs) All right, let's preview the rest of the games. we got some Champions League games coming that we have to talk about. It's time for the Match of the Week preview. Match of the Week previews where we tell you what games to tune into. LAFC hosts Vancouver in the first round. That's tomorrow, April 11th. LAFC already have a 3-0 victory on aggregate so far over Vancouver. So congrats, LAFC. You're about to move on to the next round. Philadelphia Union lead Atlas 1-0 in aggregate, but they're going down to play in Mexico at 10 p.m. on Wednesday. Then Saturday, we have Charlotte hosting Colorado at 7.30. That is free on your Apple TV. Columbus Crew hosting New England Revolution. That sounds like a really fun matchup, by the way. That's free on Apple TV. Montreal hosting D.C. for a battle of the bottom of the table. 7.30 on Apple TV. That one's not free. (laughs) They want you to pay premium for that matchup. Well, I was going to say that after that first one, you read off of like the gave that one away for free because nobody's going to watch it. But then this one, I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, you uh, got to pay $79.99 to Montreal host DC United in the Losada Bowl. Uh, New York Red Bulls host Houston at 7.30 as Houston continue their weird season of let's play all the Eastern Conference themes on the road. <laughs> I don't understand. Such I don't get it. Season. <laughs> uh, NYCFC hosts Nashville at 7.30 at City Field. They'll be playing at a different baseball stadium this week. Toronto hosts Atlanta at 7.30. Austin hosts Vancouver at 8.30. Chicago hosts Philadelphia. We just played them. We just played them in Philly. But yes, Chicago hosts Philadelphia at 8.30. Dallas host RSL at 8.30. Minnesota hosting Orlando at 8.30, and that one's free. 
St. Louis hosts Cincinnati. Free, but no Lasada free. Yeah, no, they, they want the premium for Lasada. St. Louis hosting Cincinnati at 8.30. Portland, Seattle at 10.30. That's a good one. Um, rivalry, anyway. San Jose versus KC at 10.30. That one's free. Again, they're like, give me some bottom of the barrel ones there. And then El Trafico is free. That's one that they're like, we'll give you that. Uh, as LAFC will win that one 3 0. Yeah. 4.30 on Sunday. We're back this week. It's on Fox. It's also on Apple TV for free. Logan, I ask you, what is your game of the week? Gosh, there's some awful matches this week. Um, but uh, this one's. This one's kind of torn. I'm not. I'm not going to pick out Traffico because the Galaxy are awful. Um, so I'm going to go with. You know, I'm going to go with St. Louis and Cincinnati um, because I feel like I can leave the other one for you because I think I know which one you want. But um, yeah, I'm excited about St. Louis Cincinnati. This is the the, the heart. That's the one the I want it. That's the really? one I want it. Yeah. Oh well, you can have it. Go ahead. I can pick the other one. Uh- no, no, no. You already picked it. Go ahead. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, no, but Cincinnati, I, I think, uh, kind of trying to prove that they're they're that cream of the crap, right? And I think that uh, they've only scored nine goals. I think that would be my biggest concern for them is just the fact that they haven't really been firing on all cylinders as of yet. I would hope that they don't go through the whole season kind of this team that uh, right now they're in first because everybody else has not played as well, um, except maybe the Rebs uh, in Atlanta. So, uh, I feel like with Cincinnati, uh, we're still looking to kind of see if we can find an offense here for them. Um, St. Louis has been giving up a lot of goals lately. So I think that this is kind of a perfect matchup for them um, to kind of find their scoring ways with Cincinnati. But it is at City Park. City Park, as they would say, because it's all capitalized. Um, but no, I, I'm excited about that. I want to see if St. Louis or yeah, St. Louis could stay uh, kind of a mix of the table up there at the top because I think uh, LAFC could pass them uh, this weekend with a win over the galaxy. So uh, I'm excited to see what St. Louis does. Can Klaus get back on the score sheet? Can he start to kind of get back and rattle some goals in uh, against uh, Cincinnati's defense that has been one of the top defenses in this league. So pretty excited about that match. All right. You're going to have to pay a premium for mine. I I have to go with Montreal. (laughs) Damn. Uh, I'm going to go Columbus, New England. I, I think that... That's if, the one I was going to take, too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Look, the easy answers are Portland, Seattle, LALA. But look, if you don't want to watch those or you're eager to look at top of the table teams, Columbus, New England is going to give you that, right? Columbus has four wins. New England has five. This is in Columbus. Columbus, over time owns this series by the way they have 39 wins 39 uh there's 20 draws and new england has only won this matchup 28 times so columbus absolutely dominates this series i think they'll dominate this game as well they actually average amount the same amount of shots on the season so far but new england actually edges shots on goal this season so we'll see how that plays out. But I'm really expecting Columbus being at home. I almost feel like they're going to just, what, 2-1, 3-1, something like that. Either way, should be a good time. That's at 7.30. Logan's pick was at 8.30, so you can flip between them. And then Sunday, 
you have LA versus LA in the El Trafico. All the people complaining about all the games being on Saturday, you now have a game on Sunday. Man, if only time soon. You went like mute all of a sudden. What'd you say? I said hopefully one time our teams can be uh, picked for match of the week sometime. Yeah, but that would require. It's just been so be bad. <laughs> hey, my team didn't lose last week in Jordan. Okay, yours did. It's a positive. <laughs> Yeah, oh, 29 boy. teams in the league they don't have to play. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were the team that didn't play. <laughs> they were the team that didn't play last week. I was trying to think about like who didn't play and who we didn't talk about today. There you go. It was Orlando. Yeah. Well, if you want to give us a follow at Stateside Show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we'll be doing our Ted Lasso recap. Probably recording that tomorrow, right? Is that what we said? So we'll sadly see each other again tomorrow. And we'll be talking Ted Lasso, uh, the latest episode before the next one drops, 9 p.m. tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, So we'll pretty much get done, and then we'll have to, we'll probably go watch the next episode at that point. But it's been good. I like them releasing it at 9 p.m. I really, it's been good. Uh, I've been kind of being able to watch them Tuesday instead of Wednesday when I also have a bunch of other stuff that I'm watching drop. So. It's good. So we'll be talking that. Then this upcoming Sunday is the next Close Pyramid episode. Um, as that is shifted to every other week. But yeah. So I hope everyone had a great holiday. We'll catch you all next time when we talk about El Trafico, St. Louis, Cincinnati, and uh, Columbus, New England. And yes, we'll even probably spend 15 minutes on Montreal and DC. Catch you next time.